Welcome to a new episode of Career Buzz, the unique radio career conversations that empower lives, enrich careers, and energize organizations. Be inspired right here on CIUT 89.5 FM. Good morning, and thank you for joining me. Our program today is a Career Buzz production of Hoda's Career Info. With recent reports showing increase of mental health issues among youth and adults alike, in today's episode, we will talk about career well-being and the value of taking a medical mental health leave when needed. And be sure to stay tuned to find out the difference between a dream career and a perfect career. your host, Hora Kilani, Certified Professional Career Coach and Founder of Right Career Fit, a private practice committed to increase career literacy among Canada's youth. I am pleased to be your host today on Career Buzz. Career Buzz, the show with the intention to empower lives, enrich careers, and energize organizations. I look forward to a season of career chats with international career professionals who will inspire you to take your journey to the next level. Thank you for tuning in this morning. Later on Career Buzz, you will meet the founder of Five Star Wellbeing Counseling and Mental Health. Derek McEachern. But first, I would like you to meet developer of the My Map to Happiness method, Priscilla Jaboin. As the dream career expert, Priscilla Jaboin's passion is to help creative women embrace who they are, get clarity on their dream career, and build the confidence to make it a reality. After her own career change in 2010, Priscilla completed her Master's of Arts in Counseling Psychology and embarked on her new path as a career development professional and counselor. In 2015, Priscilla developed the My Map to Happiness Method, a five-part self-discovery process by integrating her advanced degrees in psychology and education and in-depth knowledge of yogic philosophy. Priscilla is currently the president-elect for the Career Counselors Chapter of the Canadian Counseling and Psychotherapy Association. Stay tuned to hear all about Priscilla's mission to inspire as many people as possible to wake up to a life and career they love. I am your host, Hoda. Thank you for tuning in this morning. Welcome, Priscilla Jabois, and thank you so much for joining me today in this episode of Hoda's Career Info. I'm very excited to have you join me in my um, push to have career literacy trend uh, across social media. Thank you for having me on the show, Hoda. It's, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, truly appreciate your time. And right away, I'm going to ask you to share, please, with your audience, your story or journey and the message you would like to be heard by being here on this show. Mm -hmm, 100%. So 
my my journey started in career health. Um, so unfortunately, about it's, it's been a little bit over ten years now. It was in 20, 20, 2008, 2009, around that time. I I really I could say like I somewhat hit rock bottom in my career. Um, I was a school teacher at the time, and I was just super aware of my unhappiness at work, and I was feeling really miserable. And one thing that really stood out for me is that my awareness of how the amount of stress I was experiencing at work has starting to affect my health as well as my mental health. And I really got to a point where I realized like I had a really important choice I had to make. Um, I was in my late, late 20s at the time and I realized like, okay, Priscilla, you have a choice. You can either stay in this career until retirement and accept that you're gonna be miserable until that time, which is many years. <laughs> Or you can face your fears and pursue what your heart truly desires. And I realized in that moment, I believe I was even actually standing in front of a classroom at the time. I realized, realized in, a, in that moment that it's like, I cannot push myself through this for an extra year. So I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dive and I, I won't know what's going to happen. Um, so I actually ended up in the middle of the school year going to see the principal and letting her know I'm, I'm resigning for next year like i'm not coming back in the new year and just to tell you how overwhelmed i was i i actually literally forgot to write my resignation letter so they ended up writing me a letter saying you're no longer working with us right and i was like whatever you know but this is really like the state of mind i was in and i think that what's important here for me and the message i really want to share with the public is that it's so important to determine for yourself what's important to you. And I knew at that time that my health, my mental health and my well-being was more important than a permanent position. Um, and this is really like a, a, a huge part of the work that I do with my clients. Yeah. Thanks, Priscilla, for sharing your journey and encouraging others to really reflect on where they're at. Uh, my next question is, of course, about having a, a career term defi defined, and you chose dream career. I am looking forward to hearing your definition and also how it relates to the services that you provide. Mm -hmm. So for me, you know, there's, um, so I make the distinction between perfect career and dream career. So what I noticed at the beginning of my career in career development, and at the time I was working with students, is that, and I still notice this with, with adult clients, is that there's this ability to share this true desire when it comes to one's career, but then there's almost like an immediate stepping back and fear of like, okay, let's explore something that fits more into the status quo or what's expected as a career. So what I notice is like perfect career is what I define as like your status quo career is that the career that's kind of expected that people should pursue it falls into you know uh, the status the success the, um, the the salary and that expectation that if I talk about this career then you know I'm people are going to be like oh yeah cool awesome or they're going to understand or i'm going to get there's going to be some kind of positive feedback whereas when we talk about the dream career often our dream career is something maybe that we even brought up at a younger age that mostly what i'm hearing from clients is that an adult at some point in time said no that's not a choice no that can't be a career no you can't make money out of that but it's like it, so then it becomes a dream because it feels like it's unattainable and 
when I talk about the dream career, it's that often the dream career is something that enlivens us. So it wakes us up. It gets us excited. We want to get out of bed in the morning. We want to get out of bed on Mondays. We're looking forward to our full week ahead. We, um, I think that it also like, there's a nourishing part of it. There's an awakening of our soul. And for many of us, it's even connected to our soul's purpose. So the dream career is really more this inner experience of even giving back to the world or making a difference in the world, but it's really aligned with who we really are. And I feel like the dream career allows us to step into our authentic self, whereas the perfect career, often we unfortunately find ourselves with like a mask or a facade of how we believe we should be in the way we show up at work. And so how it's related to like the services I provide is I have a very holistic approach in my approach of clients. Like I have a background both in psychology education and I'm actually also an advanced yoga teacher. And I was at one point in my journey immersed in that community and learned a lot uh, just in terms of the yogic philosophy. And so I, I bring all these pieces about life and how to live a fulfilling and meaningful life into the work that I do with my clients. And in looking at my journey, I identified these five steps that I felt really supported me in my process from getting to a place of kind of just, you know, going through the motions of this is what I'm expected to do, like I work, et cetera. Um, you know, we often talk about, you know, you go to university, you find a job, you get married, you have kids, you get the house, you get the car, and then you kind of just anticipate retirement. And I got to a point, even at the beginning of this career, of really having this huge question mark, like, is that all there is to life? Like I just get up, go to work, press repeat, rewind, right? Um, so when I work with my clients, it's really that self-discovery for them. And I walk them through these five steps that help them not only discover who they are, what they really want and what they really want, I present as what your heart truly desires, but also like, the clarity, so the clarity of what your heart truly desires, but also like the confidence to actually say, you know, this is what my heart desires and I'm going to go out there, I'm going to take action and I'm going to make it become my reality. So step one is really that foundational piece of answering those sometimes overwhelming questions about like, who am I? What is it that I want? What's really important to me? Step two is all about the, the power of our thoughts. So how to cultivate positive thinking so we can believe that the dream can be a possibility and we can believe that we can show up in our life in the way that we really want to show up and that those things that we want, that we want to create is are possible for us. Step three is really, I think, I feel like the heart of this process, which is the art of self-care and decision-making. And the way I see self-care is like, it goes beyond you know, what media shows us about going to the spa or whatever. For me, it's really about, do you love yourself? And if you love this yourself, how does that show up in your life? And when I say loving yourself for me, it means you're saying yes to you. And yes, that means saying no to others, but getting to a space where you're comfortable, because I always tell my clients, listen, saying yes to the dream career is a really, really big yes. So you need to be in a space where you're comfortable saying yes to those smaller things you want. Like we had this conversation before saying yes to that ice cream you really want, right? Like if you're not able to say yes to the ice cream you really want, it's going to be super hard to say yes to something as big as the dream career. 
Um, so then cultivating like that relationship to self and saying yes to self. And then even though by usually by um, part three, clients are able to share with me what their heart truly desires. I always say, yes, the first step is that awareness, but the next step is giving yourself permission to pursue that and fears, concerns, considerations, obstacles will come up, right? It's like all of those beliefs around, am I really allowed to do this as a career? Am I actually going to get paid for this if I go all in? Does that, does that position even exist out there? So then part four is turning fear into action. We want to actually look at, okay, well, what are those fears and how do we tackle them so they don't get in the way of you pursuing your dream? And then part five, I feel is like when you bring it all together and I call it trust and surrender. And I really believe in the importance of listening to self and the small voice or our intuition or our gut or our nudge, whatever you want to call it. And as well as I really believe in the power of the universe. So for me, it's not only trusting yourself, but also trusting that when you take that step forward, the universe is there to support you in making that dream or your soul's purpose a reality. So that's really like that whole holistic process that I help my clients navigate. I like it. And I do like that you talk about that there's going to be doubt in there. That yeah. You know, it's not that easy, not straightforward. Exactly. Okay, uh, this is what I want to be doing. And I get doing yeah. it right away. There's doubts, but of course, there's failures that we need mm-hmm. to expect. And uh, yeah, 100%. Well, cha- I like to call it challenges. And, you know, honestly, Hoda, if it was easy to wake up to a career we love, wouldn't everybody be waking up to a career they love? So I always tell my clients, look, it's, it's going to be challenging. This is not an easy journey because if it were easy, everyone would be waking up to a career they love. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I always like to highlight that there's work involved. It's not like it's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Good morning. I am your host, Hoda. Thank you for joining me. My guest today is developer of the MyMap to Happiness Method, Priscilla Jabouin. And you are listening to a Career Bus production of Hoda's Career Info on CIUT 89.5 FM in Toronto and worldwide at CIUT.FM. Up next on Hoda's Career Info, Priscilla Jabois shares what led her to develop the MyMap to Happiness method, and she explains the holistic approach behind it. I would love to hear your thoughts. what you do to continue supporting your clients is you have created a LinkedIn group. I like the idea of LinkedIn groups because it opens up conversation among people um, with a common goal, the way I see it. So mm-hmm. can you tell us a little bit about your LinkedIn group? And I'm going to say the name of it, the Dream Career Support Group. Um, can anyone join it? And um, also a little bit, what is the purpose of it for you mm-hmm. when you thought about creating it? Yeah, so I realized that I needed a space to really share my message where I didn't feel maybe like, I mean, I have my own fears that come up myself, but I wanted a safe space for myself and for my dreamers. So I call them dreamers. And I realized that when we're talking about the dream career, this is a vulnerable space for many people. 
where it's like, I'm about to share this deep desire. And this deep desire for many has often been criticized or shut down. So I wanted to create a space where people felt safe sharing and where they knew they would receive the support. So I created the Dream Career Support Group to give this platform for people, but also to create a community of like-minded people. So um, the dreamers would feel comfortable sharing if they choose to, because they know that everybody's in the space for the same reason. And that's because their desire is to wake up to a career that they genuinely love. So in this group, what I do, so I launched this group um, in September, September, 2021. And every day I showed up offering tips to support uh, dreamers in waking up to a career they love. And those were videos. So kind of like this and, I, and I'm sharing. And those videos are still available even if you weren't in the group at that time. And the idea really is to support and guide dreamers. So anybody who is in a space right now where they're like, you know what? I think I'm ready. You know, I've been working now for 15, 20 years and, I, and, I, and I've done everything I was told to do and I'm still unhappy at work and I want something more. I want that fulfilling, meaningful career. I want to wake up happy um, going to work and I, I want to make a difference. Like a lot of people when it comes to the dream career, like they're so aware that they want to give back. So this is really a space for those people who have that dream and they need some tips to help them get the process going. Yeah. You are so, obviously very passionate about the term dream kitty. <laughs> yes. uh, and I can see your passion as well when you're talking you. about uh, even the support group and your reasons for creating it. But you also have a podcast that almost carries the same name, the Dream Career Podcast. Yes. And uh, I love the purple logo, by the way. Thank it's you. really nice. And I was... Um, I mean, whenever someone tells me, oh, you should listen to this podcast, my first question would be, what is unique about this podcast? And what should I expect when I go to listen to it? Mm -hmm. So this podcast, I think one thing I'll say special about this podcast, it's just one season, right? And I haven't decided yet if I'm going to bring more seasons, but the reason why I wanted to start a podcast, because I felt that we don't have enough models of those careers that don't fall into the status quo. And I knew from, you know, living in community and just a lot of the people that I've met in my life that there are these careers that are like, I'm gonna steal a, um, a way of saying it that a, a client in the beginning of my career had said, but the less beaten path, I said, I think that's how the client has said that. So um, I wanted to give examples of, this is women, who have, who are waking up to a career they love and that that doesn't fall into your typical status quo career or the type of career that you might find if you look online or that most people are sharing. Like I wind, like I have an astrologist on there. I have a yoga teacher facilitator. So really like these careers that some people might really desire to pursue, but they're like, how am I going to make a living out of this? So I wind these women to share their stories and I call them amazing, fearless um, women. And I really see fearless as not that there wasn't fear, but that there was fear. And regardless of the fear, they still pursue what their heart truly desired. So this is really a place where I often send people, mostly my clients to be like, Hey, why don't you go hear their stories for inspiration? So for me, it was just like a, like a platform for people to hear other people's stories to be inspired. Yeah. 
I, I, I love that because uh, particularly with women, there's always that uh, imposter syndrome as well. Is that do I want really want to trail a you know blaze a new trail <laughs> uh, and yeah. Uh, and do that? So definitely, yeah. that is unique in that way. And it's very real conversations. Like I, I didn't edit. I think there's maybe like one episode I had to edit, but I did not edit. This is like straightforward, real talk. Um, and just even asking them about, you know, what were your fears or some things that we were afraid of, right? And tips, I've asked all of them to share some tips for um, people like, I work mostly with women, but you know, this message is for everyone. Absolutely important message. Yes, male or female. And uh, exactly. yeah, everybody goes through this. Non-binary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was going to add seniors. And, because yeah, uh, everyone. Yeah, yeah, you know, you you get retired out of work and then that's in a whole new field right 100%. there with new fears as well and challenges. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, this is my final question to you, Priscilla. What are your hopes and dreams now that we are into 2022 for this year, personally, professionally, or perhaps for the career development field in general? 100%, yeah. I have a vision of bringing more vis visibility um, around the career counseling field in Canada and, and really promoting what it is that we do as a profession. And this year, I'll, I'll be stepping into the role of president for the career counselor chapter of the um, Canadian Counseling and Psychotherapy Association. And Congratulations. I'm Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you very much. And I've already decided that I want my mandate to be like bringing more visibility to this, this, um, this career because I also want more Canadians waking up to a life and career that they love. And, and I want them to know that you don't have to wait until retirement to wait to do those things that you truly desire, right? Like now is the time. And, and I, always, I always bring this topic in and I know that it makes some people uncomfortable and some people find it taboo, but I think it's really important to remind ourselves that our life is finite, right? And I find that by reminding myself that my life is finite, it's a kick in the bum <laughs> to wake up and do those things I want to do now, not later. I think that's really an important message. And, um, you know, so that would be like more on, on the professional side of things. Um, I, another thing that I would love for myself in 2022, or at least set the foundation, I, was, I would love to be able to teach a career development course um, and to kind of bring like that, that different perspective of like the dream career and more of the holistic approach. And on a personal side, I, due to COVID, I had really put aside um, my teaching yoga and I, I want to bring that back. Like I want to start teaching again. I, I really miss it. So that's the major goal for 2022. Yeah. Um, thank you for sharing your goals. Again, congratulations on your new position. You are now in a position to spread the word about the work mm -hmm. that we do. And I, I'm very excited by that. Thank you. Um, so was there anything else you would like to wrap up with uh, uh, as seeing that I have all these were my questions yeah so you know when we talk about career development or career transition or career change um, what I've really noticed is that a lot of people try to do it by themselves 
it's kind of like, oh, you know, I know how to do this. And even though they're, you know, they're really struggling, especially when we think about the job search, they're struggling, it's not working, but it's almost like this, I've noticed like some people find this pride in being able to do that by themselves. And what I want to say is that the majority of people that I know that have stepped into what it is or created what it is they want in their lives, including myself, we had help. There was a sidekick. There was someone beside us cheerleading us on and supporting us in the vision that we had. And I want to encourage Canadians or whoever the listeners are to ask for help, right? You don't have to do this alone. And when you ask for help, the the ride is so much smoother, right? Give yourself permission to have a smooth ride in this in this journey that, as we said earlier, can be really challenging. And, um, you know, if you're in a space where you're ready to embark on this journey, you're ready to find a career that you genuinely love, then you can contact me. You can send me an email at info at mymapthappiness.com. Usually I love to just start with a complimentary call, just really understand where you're at right now in your career path. And we, I, it's really like a collaboration that I see it as, of like, we decide together if it's a good fit, right? So those, those clients really decide that, yes, I'm, I, I, want, I want my clients to be excited to work with me because I'm excited to get them from where they are to where I know they can be. And, and I want them to be excited. So if you're feeling that, expect, that excitement and that inspiration, like give me a call, give me a shout. It is definitely a critical message, really, to say that you need to have someone to support you. You still have to do the work if you have someone supporting you. But there's 100 percent. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time, Priscilla. Thank you for having me on the show, uh, Hoda. It was an absolute pleasure. Good morning. If you have just joined us, you are listening to Career Buzz on CIUT 89.5 FM in Toronto and worldwide at CIUT.FM. Stories show that who you are matters. I am your host, Hoda. Before continuing on with today's show, I would like to remind you about CareerBuzz's other episodes of Inspiring Career Stories. To check them out, go to careercycles.com and click podcast or subscribe to the podcast CareerBuzz on your favorite podcast app. And do leave us a review. For more career info, have a listen to past episodes, including my career chat with CareerBuzz host, Mark Franklin. My next guest today is Derek McEachern, founder of Five Star Wellbeing, Counseling and Mental Health. Derek McEachern is a registered counseling therapist and a Canadian certified counselor who has been practicing in Nova Scotia since 2006. Derek is the author of the Wellbeing Assessment. He has been facilitating learning for academic, corporate and not-for-profit audiences for over 15 years on the topics of career development, workplace well-being, and mental health. Derek's mission is to tackle mental health by putting well-being data, tools, and practices into the hands of individuals and organizations. Stay tuned as Derek shares his challenging journey and his understanding 
of career well-being. Thank you so much for joining me, Derek McEachern. Uh, I am very excited to have you. You bring a unique background from many of the guests I have interviewed so far and uh, definitely uh, excited to hear your story and uh, learn more about your work. I do well, like always to- Happy to be here. Uh, I always like to start by challenging you to define a career term. Uh, my favorite one is career literacy, but you chose a different one. And uh, please, can you share your definition of it or description of the career term of your choice? Yeah, well, I, I think for me, um, probably the career term that I think is important is is career well-being. And so that's a, a co combination of, you know, career development and um, human well-being. So um, I guess you know, to sort of define that, it would be to, you know, be looking for work and finding, finding work and, and a balance between, you know, what's good for us in terms of um, work that we enjoy, like to do, look forward to doing on a day-to-day -day basis that keeps us healthy and well and um, helps us have a, a good balance between our human needs as individuals and um, the life that we want to live. Thank you. That's a great definition. And career well-being is so important, and uh, it is uh, something everybody needs to reflect on. Mm. My next question to you is about your background. How did you get to where you are today? And uh, starting your own, really counseling business and um, your journey a little bit. Yeah, so um, I guess after um, six years of, of working as a teacher, I knew that it was really important to me. Um, I had sort of a, uh, a desire to help people and be of help to people um, in more of an individual way. And so I decided that I wanted to study counseling. And, and so I did a master's in counseling. And when I graduated from my master's in counseling, uh, the first job that I was sort of hired into, well, actually, I, I did one year as a school counselor, and then um, that was a term contract. And then I was offered the following year a job working at uh, a community college, Nova Scotia Community College. And that job had a combination of um, personal counseling as well as career counseling. So that was really my first introduction to career development and, and starting to um, understand people's needs in a more in a in a more comprehensive way, I guess would be the best way to saying that. And then um, so I, I I worked for the community college for 13 years. And you know I went through some some challenging times of my own, both in my personal life and my own career. Um, the first was going through a divorce and um, you know, just seeing how that impacted me and my career. I was doing a quite a long commute when at the time. So, you know, wanting to raise children and do a good job as a, as a father and also, you know, balance my career and my own goals to, to help people and, and to, to, you know, to make a contribution through the work that I do. And, um, I guess the second thing was that partway through, um, 
you know, a couple of years after my divorce, um, I was still sort of struggling in areas that way. And then I went through, there was a sort of an organizational restructuring that happened and my, my job and a number of other people's jobs were sort of eliminated. And um, so I was kind of told that I wouldn't be able to do counseling anymore. And that was a real blow because that was, you know, I had been very intentional about my career up until that time. And, and it was a real important thing to me. I was part of the Canadian Counseling Association and the Nova Scotia College of Counseling Therapists. So I just decided that, you know, if I want to keep my career and I want to keep doing what I'm doing, I'm going to need to, to start a, start a private practice. And, and so I started, started doing that. And over the last couple of years, I reduced my workload at the community college. And um, I'm now in my second year um, doing a leave from the college. And um, it's been, it's been a journey. It's been challenging, a lot of hard work, but it's been very, very rewarding. And, and today my practice is very busy and really, really enjoying it and really grateful that, you know, that I kind of stuck with what I knew about myself and the importance of um, this work to me. Thank you for sharing uh, your journey, Derek. And uh, I like the, what you added that, you know, you, you stuck with what works for you. And I think this is the message that I'd like to pass to the audience, to our clients, is that stick with what you think is right for you and then you will be happy. And uh, just like you are like content right now with your private practice. Um, part of your journey also reflects, I think, the name of your practice. Uh, when we talk about five-star well-being, uh, mm-hmm. What do you mean by that? Where did you get the idea for the um, name of the practice and uh, how does it relate to your work? Yeah. So as I mentioned, when I was, you know, I was kind of struggling uh, after my divorce and, and with the, the changes that were happening at the workplace where I was, um, I, you know, found myself pretty exhausted, getting burnt out, doing work that really wasn't fueling me and, um, I, I really got to a point where I was feeling quite depressed and burnt out. And um, I had to take some time off. And I took, I took, uh, I took, I think it was about three months as a starting point, I think, um, just of medical leave. And then uh, shortly after that, I decided I was just, I was going to take a full year's leave and um, see if I could find some other, some other way to, uh, you know, to, to live, I was doing that long commute. And that was that was very difficult for me at the time. And, and so it was about that time that I started really digging into and looking at like, what's going on, because I don't I don't feel depressed. Um, I, I, I had all the symptoms of depression, but I, I still felt like positive and hopeful about my life. I felt like, you know, things were going, you know, although, you know, work was difficult, and the relationship was difficult. I felt hopeful and optimistic, but I, but I knew something else was going on. And so then when I started doing some research on, on well-being and what it takes to be well, I came across a lot of research from a number of different organizations. And the one that really struck me was the research from Gallup, which talks about five um, essential areas of well-being. And, and that really resonated with me because, so just to sort of share those with you, the, the first one is purpose. So uh, having work that we, you know, like doing that gives us a sense of purpose and meaning in our lives. And then social is having loving, supportive relationships. 
um, physical, having good physical health and having the energy to do what we want to do on a day-to-day basis. Um, financial, having our you know financial needs met and feeling safe and secure financially. And then community, which is having a sense of belonging and connection to the to the communities that we live and work in. And I, when I when I really looked at each of those areas, I, I started asking myself, like, how am I doing in each of these areas? And when I looked at it, I had to be honest and say, wow, like I'm I'm struggling in every single one of these areas. And and that was kind of what what I really liked about. The, the Gallup's five areas. There's there's other um, uh, models of well-being, and but they had often multiple areas, and and it seemed really overwhelming. But this this really gave me a tangible way to look at my life and my circumstances and say what's going on. Um, how do I start to take care of myself in each of these five areas? And when I started to do that, um, it it really helped me. It helped me. It, you know, five areas wasn't too overwhelming. And um, I, I, I was able to actually look at like, what's one or two things that I could change or do in my life that would impact all of these areas. And so I was able to do that. One very simple thing, and it wasn't a career thing. It was, you know, just deciding that maybe I should get back to coaching hockey. And so, you know, I coached my son's hockey team and it was very quick that it was able to give me a sense of purpose. I had something that I looked forward to doing on a day by day, week by week sort of basis. Um, social, I started to meet some new people in the community, made some new friends, parents on the team. Um, physical, it got me out on the ice, got me skating and and having some fun with the kids. Um, not sure it, it did a lot financial, but it, it didn't hurt me financially. And then um, community, I, you know, I felt like I was contributing and had a sense of connection to something bigger than myself, which is really what community well-being is about. I love how you um, gave an example through your own experience of the five well-being elements. This is so uh, true and so important uh, in my practice. I always think of the holistic approach to count to really coaching for my for me. But uh, you, you really mm-hmm. gave a very good example of how that can be done. And uh, not necessarily through career, but also through personal experiences. I am your host, Hoda. Thank you for tuning in this morning. My guest is the founder of Five Star Wellbeing Counseling and Mental Health, Derek McCacker. And you are listening to a Career Bus production of Hoda's Career Info on CIUT 89.5 FM in Toronto and worldwide at CIUT.FM. Next on Hoda's Career Info, Derek explains the meaning of workplace well-being, highlights the concerns about taking medical mental health leave, and shares some tips on what employers can do to support their employees. Derek, I'd like to continue talking a little bit more about the services you offer within Five Star Wellbeing. You also have like a special section under the headings. I always go Google my guests and look at their websites. You have workplace wellbeing. Um, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about the services that you offer through the through your practice for workplace wellbeing? Yeah, so I think as I mentioned earlier, I. I um, I was first a teacher before I became a, a counselor and a therapist. And 
So I've always enjoyed, you know, doing workshops. It was, it's always been a way to, to learn and um, learn about um, what keeps people well. And, and, and so I've, you know, and, and in working at the college, doing a lot of career development, I've thought a lot and, and through my own experiences in the workplace, I've thought a lot about, you know, what do people need to be healthy and well in the workplace? And so, um, workplace well-being, I've started to offer workshops on the research that I've been doing. And I've been very fortunate to to get some funding to hire some students at Acadia University, which is really close to me. And and for a couple of summers now, I've had students who are helping me with with research. And and so we're doing research on these five areas of well-being and we're doing research on, you know, what, what it takes to have a psychologically safe workplace. And then we're offering workshops for companies and organizations, both for their employees to help them with uh, what do they need to be healthy and well, um, teaching them about the five areas of well-being and other things that, you know, other tools and strategies that they can use to stay healthy and well. And then also talking to leaders and managers and HR people about, you know, what does creating a psychologically safe workplace look like? So, um, those are our two primary workshops. And then um, beyond that, we're, we're starting to look at um, online courses for uh, employees in each of those five areas to look at those more specifically. Um, one of the things that we've done is um, I developed a, a well-being assessment. So it's a very simple assessment, but it's showing some really interesting connections between well-being and mental health. So it asks questions about each of these five areas. And then it also asks questions about how are people doing in terms of their mental health. So anxiety, depression, substance use, those sorts of things. And um, we're, we're seeing clear um, correlations, at least between, you know, when people have better well-being, people who score higher in terms of well-being, they have lower rates of mental health problems. So that's really exciting. And um, uh, I think it, 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 it's a real eye-opener both for individuals and for organizations in terms of what can we do? Like there, there are ways that we can, you know, we can help our employees stay healthy and well. I'm very happy to hear about your research. It's always also um, and allows us some reflection on our what we is what we're doing working and how and, uh, and how how do we move forward with that knowledge. So very excited for your research and uh, looking forward to the results and learning more about it um, in the near future. Um, these are all the questions I have for you, Derek. Was there anything else you would like to add? Something that you want to share with the audience that I didn't ask you about? Um, yeah, I was just kind of thinking about the, you know, how those different areas of well-being play into um, how employees are, are sort of doing in the workplace. So, you know, we, we often think of mental illness as something that's sort of outside of our control. Um, quite often, people will refer to, you know, mental illnesses as, as being a chemical imbalance or perhaps, um, uh, you know, ha be having some sort of a genetic component and, and often it does, but, but the research actually shows that those are a much 
less significant, they play a much less significant role in people's well-being and mental health than do our life circumstances. And, and just, you know, as an example, um, the, the, the um, creators of the Diagnostic Statistical Manual for um, uh, Mental Disorders, uh, over the last sort of five to 10 years, there's been a lot of recognition that people, for example, who um, are grieving show signs of clinical depression. And so um, there's been sort of back and forth about, you know, when someone is grieving, should they be, should they be um, diagnosed as having depression as well? And so at first there used to be this thing called the grief exception and the grief exception sort of said that, you know, if, if you've been grieving, then we don't sort of count it as depression. It's natural to go through that. And we all understand that when, when we lose someone we love or something we love, um, that we can go through that. And so we all sort of understand that that's very reasonable, but over time it was, you know, there was questions about, well, how long, you know, should you grieve before we start to say, well, maybe they are, you know, suffering from depression and that sort of thing. And so what, what's sort of come of that and what I found really affirming when I think about, you know, how do we help people take control of their mental health? It's really this understanding that, you know, it's not just loss in terms of losing a significant person in our lives. You know, we can, if, if we're disconnected from purposeful, meaningful work, or we lose our work, um, that can have a significant impact on our mental health. If we're disconnected from people and we don't feel connected in the workplace or we don't have a good relationship with our manager or the colleagues in our workplace, that can really weigh on people's mental health. If we're disconnected from you know, the physical world and from our own physical health. So if we're you know, working in a, an environment that you know, doesn't have natural lighting or if we're, if we're um, you know, not taking proper breaks and rests and, and, uh, or we're only in front of a computer all the time, you know, that can have an impact on our, on our physical health. And um, also when it comes to financial, you know, they talk a lot about, you know, being disconnected for the research. So is disconnection from like a hopeful and secure future. So the importance of, you know, paying people fairly and, and also, you know, um, providing people with secure and stable work as opposed to contract work. Um, and, and this would go for people in terms of what are we looking for? And, and so we want to think about these things before we're, we're, uh, you know, starting a career or we're thinking about how thinking about decisions about what we want to do and, and sort of paying attention to all of these five areas of well-being. And of course, the last one being community and having a sense of connection and belonging and being treated equitably. And we know that, you know, um, you know, our, our um, brothers and sisters in the, you know, indigenous and, and black and Asian communities and people who might be LGBTQ or, or people with disabilities, that sort of thing. So, you know, all of these people need to have a sense of connection and belonging. We all do. And so all of these things are really important for employees to understand about themselves, but also for, you know, leaders and HR managers, when they're thinking about, um, you know, who are we hiring as our managers and, and how are we um, setting up our workplace to make it safe for uh, safe, psychologically safe for our employees.
You made a lot of great points, Derek. And uh, for me, the one that resonates with my clients is that when I get a new client and he's or she uh, had just lost their job and it's okay, how long is it okay to be depressed about it? Because it, especially when it's a shock and unexpected is uh, what I try to do is like you said, try to engage them in other aspects of their life to help them uh, to, you know, move past that. But how long? And I think is that, would that be like an individual thing? Is it a week, a month? Or <laughs> when do we say, okay, now you get to draw, draw a line on this and, you know, get to work or, you know, get back yeah. into your life. That's always well, a very tough, I think, thing. Yeah, I'm, I, I think it is a very individual thing, but it also calls for, you know, um, understanding and compassion from leaders and managers and, and HR people, you know, understanding and, and listening to, to, you know, what doctors uh, are recommending and, and that sort of thing. Um, just over the last, you know, couple of, the, over the last month, really, I've had, you know, three new clients who are all struggling with um, whether to go off um, and, and take medical leave. And there's a lot of fear, um, fear about whether they're you know, going to be stigmatized by their coworkers, fear that they're going to lose their job. And, um, you know, I think one of the things that we, we also need to understand, you know, in our workplaces is that it's not, it's not just things that we do in the workplace. People are bringing problems and challenges and histories and traumas of their own. And uh, it may have nothing to do with the workplace, but are we, are we creating, you know, opportunities and safe space? And um, do we have ways for people to learn about themselves and, and get the support that they need um, so that they can work through those things? And, and you know, if we care about employees, um, you know, beyond just that there's someone who works for us and, and we show them that we're really there for them and, and, and uh, you know, we see them as, as people, not just employees, then, you know, they're going to go the extra mile for us and, and they're going to really, um, you know, do, make real contributions because they feel so, so um, supportive and grateful. And that really comes back to, you know, feeling safe and secure, right? Um, that's sort of the basis of well-being. And I guess that's maybe something to kind of wrap up on is that, you know, well-being isn't just about, you know, continually feeling happy or feeling good in our lives. Um, it comes down to our deepest needs. Like one is for feeling safe and secure, um, having good connections and healthy connections and feeling good about ourselves. And then two about, you know, opportunities for growth. You know, and that's another thing that we talk about in our workshops is like, are we creating opportunities for our employees to grow and learn and develop and, and, um, and those sorts of things. So, yeah, I think, I think it's all super exciting for me. I, I love learning about this stuff. I think it's so important and it, it, it also helps me as a therapist because, you know, as I, the more I learn about, about well-being, the, the, you know, the better I am as, as a person, but also as a therapist. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I really enjoy the work. Definitely an important topic that needs to be talked about more and more, be out in the open, the mental, <clears throat> mental well-being for sure, and mental health well-being. Um, so I thank you for bringing this up, and um, I do appreciate your time. 
Uh, do you have anything else you want to add? All those uh, gems of knowledge for sure. I, I think that's all for today. I mean, I guess what I could say is that anybody who's interested in um, understanding their own well-being, uh, they can always visit um, my website. The well-being assessment that we've developed is offered for free. Um, it only takes about five or six minutes. You can get a snapshot of how you're doing in each of those five areas of your life. And, and, um, and uh, I think it can pro provide some insight into how we're doing mentally and emotionally, but it also can give us a framework for how we make career decisions. Thank you so much for being uh, on this series, Derek, and I look forward to more collaboration. Great. Yeah, well, so nice meeting you, Ahoda, and thanks, thanks so much for having me. You've been listening to Hoda's Career Info on Career Buzz, Canada's unique radio conversation that empowers lives, enriches careers, and energizes organizations. Right here on CIUT 89.5 FM in Toronto and worldwide online at CIUT.FM. I am your host, Hoda Kilani, and you can find out more about me at rightcareerfit.com. Please remember, that you can also watch Hoda's Career Info on YouTube. The other hosts of Career Buzz are Mark Franklin and Stephen Armstrong. If you have any comment on today's show or would like an opportunity to talk about your work, you can send me a direct message on my website, writecareerfit.com, where you can also sign up for my newsletter to stay up to date on the latest episodes. You can also email me at writecareerfit at shaw.ca or at careerbuzz at ciut.fm. A huge thank you to my guests, Priscilla Jabois and Derek McAkron for supporting my mission to increase career literacy and for supporting you in your career journey. You can connect with Priscilla Jabouin and Derek McEachern on LinkedIn. An MP3 of today's show is available in the podcast section of careercycles.com. Remember, you can catch Career Buzz every Wednesday at 11 a.m. right here on CIUT 89.5 FM. Also, remember to subscribe to Career Buzz on your favorite podcast app, or you can find it at the podcast link on careercycles.com. The views, information, and or opinions expressed during this series are solely those of the guests involved and do not necessarily represent an endorsement from the series provider. That's it for today's episode of Career Buzz and Hoda's Career Info. Oh, and just a reminder that up next on CIUT 89.5 FM is an afternoon with Music with GB Hawks. Thank you for listening to Hoda's Career Info. And until next time, stay inspired and keep moving in productive ways. <music>